Hello and welcome to Peach Pod, a Georgia politics podcast. My name is Kyle Hayes and I'm your host. And for now, I'm alone in our studio, but I'm excited this week to bring you a conversation that I had with Judy Fitzgerald. She's the commissioner of the Georgia Department of Behavioral Health and Developmental Disabilities. Um, I reached out to DBHDD because uh, they've been a part of an effort in the state to improve access to mental health services for children in need. Last summer, the governor created a commission on children's mental health to provide recommendations on improving state mental health services for children. And in December, this committee released some recommendations. And this committee was co-chaired by uh, the commissioner of DBHDD, Judy Fitzgerald, and Katie Childers. She's the uh, deputy chief of staff for policy for Governor Deal. And they laid out recommendations in several areas that were ultimately adopted by the legislature during this last legislative session. Um, and so I reached out to, to DBHDD to talk about these recommendations and what they would mean for connecting children to mental health services in our state. Um, I thought that this was an important conversation because this is one of the sort of like nuts and bolts policy things that uh, goes on in the state without a lot of fanfare um, from the political world, but with a lot of effort from a lot of very uh, intelligent and talented people who uh, dedicate their time to improving policy in the state. Um, so to, to preview this conversation a little bit, um, the commission released recommendations in several areas that were ultimately adopted. This included increasing access to behavioral health services in schools through the Georgia APEX program, increasing telemedicine infrastructure to uh, particularly to reach children in rural areas or, or to reach children in, in new ways, expanded provider training, early intervention programs to combat the opioid crisis in Georgia, and a multi-pronged suicide prevention approach um, because the issue of youth suicides is something that is of growing concern to policymakers in the state. All of these, all of these things that this commissioner is doing are important to supporting good mental health care for children in our state. And so I want to thank Commissioner Fitzgerald for joining our show this week to talk about these. Um, so with that, I'm going to turn it over to myself and the commissioner. Here we are. All right. So we're now joined by Judy Fitzgerald. She's the commissioner of Georgia's Department of Behavioral Health and Developmental Disabilities. And Commissioner Fitzgerald, could you just start with an overview of the commission's recommendations? So, yes, Governor Deal formed the Children's Commission on Mental Health and charged members of the commission with evaluating the current landscape of mental health services and making recommendations to the governor's office. I should say we received a tremendous amount of input from all over the state. And I think this is a reflection of the passion and the concern that people in Georgia have about children's mental health needs. The commission members were a very thoughtful and experienced group that conducted a great deal of review and analysis of all of the input and then debated extensively about what the priorities were. I'm very pleased to say that all of that work uh, came forward in the form of recommendations that were reflected in Governor Deal's budget. I think that the full continuum of recommendations represents smart and strategic investments that cover a full range of services in children's mental health, including education, prevention, outreach, outpatient services, crisis support, 
and even telemedicine for rural areas. I think this is a terrific array that really is going to begin to address children's mental health needs in the state of Georgia. One of the recommendations is support to sustain and expand the Georgia APEX program or the GAP program. Can you describe what GAP does and what role schools play in helping children access behavioral health care? So I should say first that school-based mental health programs have excellent evidence of positive outcomes for students, families, and schools uh, in states all, all across the United States. So APEX had good evidence in getting underway. The thrust here of the program is to enhance access by serving kids where they are, which for most kids is in school. I can say that 10 years ago, uh, as a social worker in the state of Georgia, we were working desperately to get mental health services into the schools. And there simply was not an appetite for it as a result of stigma uh, and really lack of understanding, I think, of the connection between mental health and school performance. There was a lot of resistance to having mental health services available in the schools. Well, the tide has turned tremendously. Now we find teachers and administrators who are eager for uh, education about mental illness, support uh, for teachers and other folks in the school system to understand how to respond and serve. And they also want to know about referral sources that are available in their community. So APEX takes a pretty simple and straightforward approach to this. It is a partnership between the school and local community mental health providers. Their goals are simple. First and foremost, it's detection of illness and challenges that exist with kids that are in the school system. The second goal is to enhance access by making it readily available right on site at the school. Or three, the third goal is to coordinate what's happening between the school and the mental health system. And we've seen great progress right now APEX is available in 79 counties in Georgia. We're in 289 schools. We've served over 3,000 students. And now, with the proposal that's brought forward in Governor Deal's budget, uh, that would add over $4 million to the APEX program, which would allow us to expand to an additional 95 schools. There is a lot of competition about which school we'll go to next, and we're looking carefully at where the needs are and where we can have the most impact in expanding this really successful program. So six rural hospitals have closed since 2013. How has access to children's behavioral health services changed throughout rural hospital closures in recent years, if at all? And to what extent do you see telemedicine as a, able to fill that gap? So the closure of rural hospitals is recognized as a national problem, and certainly it has had a profound impact on rural Georgia. We are well aware of that. I will say, in relation to children's behavioral health services, um, it's had less of an impact there, and that's largely just because children's uh, behavioral health have not often been served through rural hospitals. They have not administered those services or those beds. So I, I think the impact on children's behavioral health was perhaps less dramatic than it is uh, in primary care and other needs that we know are critical in rural parts of the state. 
So I do think the work of the commission um, still offers some opportunity to impact where there are shortages and where there are challenges to access and services. I can think of three ways in, in particular that the commission's recommendations and the budgetary recommendations can have a positive impact in rural areas. The first is the APEX program, which is our school-based mental health program, where APEX is available in schools that are in rural counties, there will be an emerging partnership between whatever mental health services are available and the school. And I think that's a great opportunity to have an impact, uh, even with the closure of a rural hospital. The second area of enhancement from the Children's Mental Health Commission is that there are going to be more crisis services available in the state of Georgia. And while we work hard really to um, avoid crisis services, the reality is that sometimes youth with behavioral health needs, those do emerge in the form of crisis. So we have enhancements to crisis services all throughout the state. And I think that might have a positive impact where there have been uh, shortages in rural areas. And then finally, you asked about telemedicine. And I do think this is an area, there is some investment uh, in tele telemedicine enhancements, uh, particularly in infrastructure to expand telemedicine capacity all throughout the state. Uh, but this is just an emerging area for uh, increases in access to children's behavioral health services. So I think there's promise there, but I think we're in the early stages of seeing telemedicine as a robust solution to some of the challenges that we face. We do know that adolescent and youth populations are receptive to telemedicine in some ways that older populations are not. So we look forward to further exploration of how telemedicine might be targeted toward adolescent and youth behavioral health challenges. Can you help us understand who Georgia's Children's Behavioral Health Services generally provide support to? Is it a primarily low-income families or people across the income spectrum? And to what extent does people not having health insurance contribute to a lack of access to children's behavioral health services? So I'd like to start out by saying one really important thing. We think that mental health is a part of a child's overall health. So in some ways, we'll talk about it as though it's separate, but it's really important to understand that mental health or behavioral health, and when we use the term behavioral health, uh, that's a, a term in the field that references when you're talking about mental health and addictive disease together. So that term behavioral health, um, we will talk about it separately, but just an understanding that we think it really is essential to overall health for children and adults. For the Department of Behavioral Health and Developmental Disabilities, we are responsible for the public safety net. And what that means in Georgia is that our focus and our prime responsibility is for individuals who are uninsured uh, or underinsured. Now, that said, um, children's services are part of a very complex and unfortunately sometimes fragmented system of services and supports. So above all, we want to make sure that youth who do not have insurance have access to what they need. Um, many children in the state and youth uh, do have insurance, but there are those who are lacking insurance or have gaps 
in insurance and in their coverage. And so it's DBHDD's responsibility to recognize un, and, and identify those uninsured youth, uh, whether uh, and to help determine whether or not they might be eligible for insurance. And in fact, we have team members who would help individuals find uh, services and supports that they are eligible for. Or we might find individuals that are in transition. They're transitioning from one kind of insurance to another. We want to make sure we're providing coverage and services and helping youth in need during those times of transition. Um, but in any case, when you try to understand what somebody has access to, the first thing you have to know is um, what is their benefit package? What is available to them through that benefit package? And then just not what's in the package, but is that service available locally for them? So a key part of getting people what they need is understanding what they have, what's available, and then linking information and resources to people. I think that's one of the most important things that DBHDD and our service provider network tries to do, help people understand how to quickly get to, how to quickly identify their need, and then link individuals to service providers that can help meet that need. So to what extent has the opioid crisis reached Georgia's youth? Or is this recommendation about prevention aimed at keeping opioid addiction from taking root among Georgia's youth? Georgia's opioid crisis is very real. We know far too many cases of youth that are set about on a tragic pathway. And Many people are becoming painfully familiar with this pathway because it often starts innocently with a prescription for an opioid. And that might be a natural follow-up to an injury, uh, a dental procedure, uh, or something like that. And then uh, a youth or, or an adult, but the individual finds themselves um, with an excessive need um, and an and emerging addiction to the opioid, uh, and then when uh, they uh, no longer have access to it, but the addi addiction still exists, unfortunately, story after story, we hear about the cheapest opioid they can find, which unfortunately is heroin. And heroin becomes the cheap fix, uh, and uh, Individuals with addiction then set out on, on a need to seek out heroin, oftentimes to really tragic consequences. So we know that's happening in Georgia like it is all around the country. Now, what the data tells us is that in Georgia, the highest prevalence of addiction and overdose is among the age population that's 15 to 24. So just as you asked, Really, we're seeing that now is the time to educate youth and adolescents about the dangers of getting started on opioids, things they can do to prevent opioid use and opioid addiction. And so, yes, the Children's Mental Health Commission recommendations are focused on education and prevention. And I should say one other thing. There is an important recognition about the impact of the opioid crisis. But here in Georgia, what we know is that the root problem is addiction. And we want to make sure that we're treating addiction uh, and the root causes of addiction, of um, issues around loneliness and mental health 
and a variety of other needs that really are the precursors to addictive behaviors, we still experience in Georgia that alcohol is the number one problem for youth and adolescents. So we do want to address the opioid crisis. We want to educate. We want to raise awareness. But most importantly, we want people to know that addiction is the disease to be treated. And prevention, early intervention, and raising awareness about addiction is what we'll continue to do. So the recommendations include funding to support expanded suicide prevention programming. Is this in response to rising suicide rates? And do we have an understanding of the causes of rising suicide rates and which group of children or young adults are more at risk of suicide? I think all Georgians agree. One youth suicide is too many. So I should say I serve on the on Georgia's Child Fatality Review Committee. Uh, along with other concerned government agencies and child advocates, uh, this is the place in Georgia where we take an evidence-based and data-based approach to looking at uh, child deaths in the state. And th- this is important because um, the, the numbers do tell us a story. Suicides are increasing, and that's a concern for all of us. But we really have to understand that in the context of what the evidence says, where this is happening in geographic corners of the state, um, why this is happening. Can we find other um, other problems that are on a parallel in places where suicide is occurring? So it's hard to make big, broad, sweeping statements about um about suicide in the state of Georgia. So the focus is on prevention, and it's about early intervention and talking about the need for mental health services. And actually, this may be counterintuitive for some people, but actually talking about suicide. There's often a misperception that if someone talks about harming themselves uh, or having suicidal ideation, uh, that you should stop that conversation when in fact what we want to do is encourage people to talk, to seek help for youth, to talk to other youth, uh, and to quickly identify an adult um, or a person that they trust that can really help connect youth to services that are available and really helping to raise awareness that by talking about it, we're doing better to address the problem than by acting like if we're quiet about the problem, that it will go away. One of the things we know about youth that are struggling, uh, particularly adolescents, is that there are simple things that adults can do. Where youth have success, they often report back that it is one individual who listened, who offered hope, who was engaged with that youth, uh, and who just demonstrated that they cared. That's really, if I could share one message with listeners, it would be all of us don't have to be clinical experts uh, and don't have to be afraid uh, or uh, know a lot about mental health to listen, to be a friend, to demonstrate your caring, and to have positive engagement with a youth, particularly one who's troubled. Oftentimes they say it's just somebody that listens that makes a difference. And finally, is there anything that we missed about these recommendations that you would like to add? I've been a social worker in the state of Georgia for over 20 years. And throughout that time, 
I've heard a lot of rhetoric about what's wrong in children's mental health, and there's been a great deal of hand-wringing uh, and identification of problems and gaps in a very fragmented system. I have participated on any number of task force and commissions that were looking at the problem. I am so proud to work for a governor uh, that took an active step towards addressing the problem by forming the commission, by accepting our recommendations, and then putting forward budgetary items that I believe are going to make a dramatic impact on children's mental health in this state. So I, I do want to say it's been a proud moment uh, for all of us who've been engaged in this work for a long time. I do want to make mention of one other resource in the system that I think folks are not well aware of. And uh, I've found as I travel throughout the state, uh, how many people don't know about some basic things that are available. So I wanna make sure that I take a moment just to share one piece of information for your listeners. There is a 1-800 number in Georgia that is accessible 24 seven every day of the year where people can call when they're in crisis or whether they just want information, whether it's for themselves or anybody else. We have a nationally recognized crisis and access line that's called GCAL, Georgia Crisis and Access Line. And I do wanna share that number with your listeners so that people can know anytime, any day, any hour of the day, any day of the week, they can call 1-800-715-4225 and they will have access uh, to a live trained person on the other end of the call that can talk to them in a moment of crisis or provide information and access to resources if all they need is information. So we'll keep working hard to get that number out, but I do wanna make sure people know there is a lifeline in Georgia. That's our show for the week. If you like what you heard, share the show with a friend and go over to iTunes and give us a rating or a review. It really helps other people find our show. We'll be back with another episode of Peach Pod next week. Until then, take care, y'all.